0: Hey, friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. Do you make New Year's resolutions? Have you made any New Year's resolutions for 2023? I've made one. It's to not say the word cute. I've got nothing against the word cute. It's not a case of me feeling like I'm too masculine to use the word. More than anything, my decision to not use the word cute in 2023 comes from my overuse of the word. And I'm a writer. There are well over 200,000 words in the English language. And there have got to be at least between five and seven words I can use instead of cute that mean the same thing. So that's my New Year's resolution for 2023. There may be one or two more. I'll give myself to the end of January and I'll try to be mindful and see if anything else I'd like to change about myself comes to the fore. I'd ask my wife for suggestions, but I'm afraid of what she'd say. Folks, you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. There are no ads on this program, and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love the show, and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily, and get yourself or the reader in your life some quality fiction, please consider purchasing any or all of my books. I'm the author of 10 self published novels that are all currently available worldwide via Amazon in both paperback and ebook formats. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find all 10 of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, M A S C O L A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. Listeners, this is episode 262 of the People Are The Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Thank you for spending time with me. It's good to see you. i <laughs> a little excited. Can you tell? Oh, I love doing this show. Honestly, I do. You know what I don't like doing? Showing up to work when I don't have to be there. I did that. Can you imagine? I showed up on Monday, the day after New Year's, <laughs> New Year's Day. I, I... I don't know what I was thinking, and my wife was watching me, like, thinking to herself, I wonder why he's getting ready to leave the house, because most of, like, I guess most of the state of Massachusetts, I live in New Hampshire, I work in Massachusetts, I live on the border, I'm sorry, I work in Massachusetts, I live in New Hampshire, uh, but uh, I guess most of the state of Massachusetts had the day off, including my company, I had no idea, and I, I, this is my first, it's only, I'm not, I haven't even been there two months yet with this company. Uh, it'll be, I think, two months at the end of next week. So um, yeah, I was given the, a list of the uh, the days off, the company holidays. But did I look at it? Nah, I was, <laughs> of course not. Why look at it? No, I'd rather I'd rather waste gas. It's practically free, anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, man, I got up, I got up, and I got ready for work on uh, on Jan- Monday, January second. And I drove into the like I drove there. It took me no time at all to get there because there was no traffic. Because of course nobody was heading into the into the state of Massachusetts. And I get to there, and, and uh, I get to there, <laughs> get into the parking lot. No cars. But I, I'm still like, oh well, maybe everybody's parked around back. Maybe it's just a skeleton crew today. You know, <laughs> I work for you know, in, it's 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 not a huge amount of people that work uh, in in my suite but it's a big building so there's there's a huge parking lot there completely empty and so i i but still i'm like oh i drove all the way here <laughs> i park my car walk up to the door of course it's locked uh <laughs> i immediately like i i think i might have have called one of my coworkers uh, I was wondering, I'm thinking, maybe did I text him or did I call him? I'm pretty sure I called him. No answer, of course, because it's 830 on his day off and why <laughs> and he's probably sleeping. So I texted my boss and I assumed we were still working. I said, OK, well, I'm at I'm at the office here. But what I'll do is I'll just the doors are locked. So I'm just going to uh, drive home and I'll log in from home. And I get a text back from her saying, uh, no, we have no work today. <laughs> it felt like the biggest idiot. Oh, my God. And then my, my coworker calls me back like an hour later and the poor guy, I'm sure he enjoyed his new year's and was probably looking to sleep in. And, uh, he said, yeah, man, no work today. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like such a dope. Holy moly. Yeah. So that was, uh, that happened. (laughs) And then this happened the very next day when uh, we did have work and I drove there to the office and there was a full parking lot of cars. And, uh, and, you know, like I wear a headset when I drive. It's like a wireless headset so that I can listen to, one, the directions because I take highways. And oftentimes if um, there's an accident, uh, my phone will tell me to do an alternate route, uh, et etc. et cetera, in order to be able to save time. That happens all the time. So I wear a headset and I do that so I can listen to podcasts and listen to music uh, while I drive and also get directions in case I, there's like a last minute change up as far as my commute is concerned. So I'm wearing this headset, and I, I pull into I pull into the parking lot at work, <laughs> and there's a car right next to me, and I open the door, and I don't even think about it, like I just open the door, and uh, and you know not thinking about it, and I get out of the car, and all of a sudden there's this old woman, and she's yelling at me, and I I'm like, i just, I'm said I'm excuse me what, and she said. You better, you ought to be more careful. You you hit my mirror with your car door." And I was. I felt really bad right away, you know? I said, I'm so, so sorry, ma'am. I'm so, so sorry, that was was an accident. She's like, well, be more careful, be more mindful. And I just said, okay, and I'm holding my hands out like as if to say, please, please don't scream and yell. Please don't, you know, alert the authorities. (laughs) It was an accident. I'm so, so sorry. And I did, I I said, I'm so, so sorry, ma'am. I'm so, so sorry. And uh, she walked away angry. And I went to work, but uh, boy, oh boy, what a way to start the week! The rest of the week was okay; everything was all right. Uh, it was it was a busy week, which was good. It made it means it went by quickly. I think that's part of the reason why you know most weeks for me are pretty busy. I think that's probably part of the reason why I forgot and completely overlooked the fact that we had a, we had Monday as a holiday, the day after New Year's. Regardless, there it was. That's what happened. Uh, what else can I tell you about today? Oh, geez, you, you know what else? I'm recording the show on 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 Sunday. Uh, yesterday, I was like the first day in a long time, I think since Christmas, that I went without like any sugar. And uh, man, oh man, did it hit my mood, man? I was like, you know, I, I think I told you last week, I got a lot of candy for Christmas. And and uh, I was eating like candy every single day. I was just trying, like, I was just like, oh, I'll just, you know, if I have a little bit of candy every single day, I'll get rid of this candy and I won't gorge myself and make myself sick. It's okay to do that, in my opinion. I think. The problem is, it's just like anything, like, when you, when you, your body gets used to it after a week of that, and uh, yesterday, I was a, I was a crab, man, I was a bear, and I was considering, like, recording the show, and I just said to myself, like, I was just so angry about things, you know what I mean, just dumb stuff, you know what I mean, like, like, I I'd looked at, like, the, the top ten podcasts in the world, and I was just like, oh my god, look at this rubbish, like, <laughs> just like, look, at, and it is garbage, it is, like, I mean, people, people love garbage. They really do. Um, the the uh, the charts are filled with it. If you if you look at like the uh, the the podcasts, like the the top comedy podcasts, you, you wouldn't believe it. It's such rubbish. I mean, Conan's on there, okay. And I love Conan. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm limiting this to the top ten because you get into the top twenty and it gets a little better, okay. But in all honesty, I don't I don't I don't think maybe there's one podcast that I've that I listen to semi regularly. That showed up in the top 100 podcasts. Like so much of like what's popular is just trash. And so much of these people, so many of these people, like you start the podcast and they're immediately like hawking, like something awful, like online gambling or sports betting. And these are comedy podcasts. Like what is this? You know what I mean? And you're listening to this, like, and first of all, I'm not going to name any names. Okay. You'll know who I'm talking about. Like these one trick pony comics who've got like, like I could do their act. You know what I mean? It's like that's it's like so like you just watch and you're like, oh, I understand the formula. I, I get it immediately. This is so simple. And and they're like the top podcaster in the world. It's like, what what is happening? You know what I mean? I, it, it's infuriating really. Um, but this isn't about anger, con. This is supposed to be about fun. And and this is exactly why I wasn't going to record the show yesterday, because I didn't wanna I didn't want to sound bitter. <laughs> I'm bitter, I guess, but uh but I don't wanna I didn't want to sound it. Oh, man, oh, man. All right. Okay, what else can we talk about here? People love garbage. Yeah, well, we talked about that. Celine Dion in the Rolling Stone Best Singers list. Did you hear about this? Well, people are all upset because Celine Dion is not in the top 500 of Rolling Stone's uh, Best Singers list. Well, yeah, that's the point of these dumb lists is that they they, they want you to argue about them and, and be infuriated. So they put r- ridiculous people in a ridiculous order on these lists. Come on, y- you gotta know that. And I've got nothing against Rolling Stone. Okay, I've got a, look, I've got a lifetime subscription. I paid, I paid $60, $60, probably 17 years ago for Rolling Stone magazine. And and they send it to me. They used to send it twice a month. Now they send it every month to me because it's, now it's monthly. But yeah, I've never, I haven't paid for it in like years. And, and literally have, I have a free, they said, we'll send this to you for the rest of your life if you give us 60 bucks. And I was like, okay. Why not? Because, you know, I love music. I still read Rolling Stone. I, I read it this week, you know, and uh, do I read it every month? No, I used to. I used to read like the cover stories every single month. Uh, but these days, what I tend to do is I tend to let a couple pile up, and then I will flip through, find articles that interest me, and just read those. There's a lot of good writing in Rolling Stone. There are. There is, rather. Uh, uh, but my point being, don't let these lists get you because because they're ridiculous. I mean, they once published like the greatest guitar solos or the greatest guitarists of all time. Like, something like that. And yeah, and it was just baloney. You know what I mean? It's people that, that haven't done their research, basically. Or, or again, the the idea of, of these lists is to get people talking and to get you furious in order to to start talking about it. And then you're talking about their publication. And of course, more people will read it. Well, they've done their job. But honestly, there, there are some amazing... There is some great writing in there, and they do have some articles on some very interesting topics. Most recently, and I'll I'll mention this, if only to give them, to show that I'm not completely, I'm not a Rolling Stone hater. But they did this article. Let Let me pull it out here. Here it is. Where is it? Okay, as I go through the garbage here. The Search for a Lost Guns N' Roses Masterpiece. This was a great article, and somebody hit me to this initially. Online because it was published online, and what it's about is um, these Guns N' Roses fanatics, like uh, people who are, are like tape traders, you know, before the the internet came along, who were you know just uh, ravenous for anything Guns N' Roses related, and uh, and just about like uh, these people getting banned from concerts for life, and just they were huge Guns N' Roses fans, and 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 uh, paying uh, tens of thousands of dollars for for. Uh, bootlegged Guns N' Roses studio recordings—just wild. It's like just the the people involved and the the legality of it, and the the more than anything, to the extent that they went and travel and to pay for these these tapes and whatnot—is just insane. I can't believe I'm talking about Guns N' Roses again. It's 2023. That's maybe should that that should be my New Year's resolution. Another one, like leave Guns N' Roses unless they do something like groundbreakingly insane. You know that that band or somebody in it to not talk about Guns N' Roses because honestly they seem to come up on every episode of this podcast. And I I don't I have like I am not like a Guns N' Roses guy at all. I don't know like. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know where where this is coming from. It just happens to somehow one of these uh, the characters floats into uh, whatever I happen to be talking about. Speaking of characters, uh, you you know this guy John Bernthal, the uh, the, the fella from a uh, uh, Walking Dead. He was very good in that. And, and I'll tell you what I've heard him. I heard him on a, a WTF episode with Mark Maron. Mark Maron did a a really great interview with John Bernthal. But uh, you know on YouTube. John Bernthal has a YouTube channel, and I I forget what it's called, but it's like like it just made me sick to my stomach. It was just like, it was like like the opening shot is like this cool guy music and has him getting out of a car with shades on and it's like it's like man, you don't need that man. Live your life, you know. Like you're you're like a good actor. Go out there and do something amazing, you know. I'm sure you've got a ton of opportunities. And meanwhile, he's doing like the stupid show in his like looks like his like beautiful house he's got like this beautiful it looks like a cabin this beautiful all wood cabin and everything is f effing this and f effing that and he's talking to that Norman Reedus cat from you know also from uh The Walking Dead and they're like yeah man f effing this and then we well, you know what they're talking about Howard Stern come on are you kidding me they're like they're like yeah man Howard wouldn't let me on the show F effing Howard and f effing this and f effing that and oh he told me he liked me but he wouldn't let me I was like you cry babies Get up there and go, why don't you guys just like pick up a script? You know, at least Norman Reedus wrote a book. And, and Norman Reedus, by the way, also great taste. Huge uh, um, uh, a fan of Bikini Kill, right? Uh, he's a punk guy. And, and I, I dig, again, I dig both these guys. I wish that they'd act. <laughs> and stop like acting cool, On you know, instead of setting up a microphone. Dopes. All right. Oh, I, I said it wouldn't be bitter. You know what this is? This is the candy withdrawal. I'm sorry. <laughs> Right. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play a clip because otherwise uh, I'm just going to be a crab apple and I don't want to be a crab apple. So this is a fun one. Uh, This is a clip of the astrophysicist, Neil deGrasse Tyson. It looks like Neil deGrasse Tyson's show. I don't know what the context is. It's Neil deGrasse Tyson and uh, Jizza, the genius from the Wu-Tang Clan, rapper, for those who don't know, um, uh, talking about the universe and, uh, and, and what it is, 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 I guess the jizza as the genius or the genius, as he's known has a propensity to talk about, uh, astrology and, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is asking him, him about, uh, his relationship to the universe and incorporating rhymes about, um, uh, the universe in, uh, in in his raps it's very cool so check it out here here it is here's neil degrasse tyson and the jizza aka the genius neil degrasse tyson will be speaking first and afterwards i will tell you who posted this here it is
1: if you start taking an interest in the universe and there are other rhymers rappers you had to be a little weird for doing that isn't that right It It it, it depends on well it's it comes off as not being Look, normal to most. But, but I wasn't normal doing it, and I wasn't even a rapper. Well it, de- <laughs> well, it depends on how you deliver it. You know, if I'm delivering it in a in a way where I'm like, Earth is the third planet. <laughs> okay. And the sun shines light it's Okay. Not okay. No, that, that, that doesn't play. Right. It's not not in Brooklyn. Done. Not in. Okay. But if it's in a way where you're saying, My universe run like clockwork forever. My words are pulled together. Sudden change in the weather. Nature and the scale of events don't make sense. A storm with no one in, you're drawn in by immense gravity. has gone mad. Clouds are dusting and debris, moving at colossal speeds. They're crushing MC. So you speak about the universe and planets, but you still incorporate the element of MC and the mood and the, and the and and mood and the feeling, the feeling. Yes. And so you've embraced the universe. A lot of cool vocabulary there. I, I make a big Deal of the fact that our vocabulary is very accessible. A galaxy, the dwarf, the black hole, Big Bang. And a lot of them are even one syllables. I'm guessing that that makes it easier to rhyme and easier to pulse into a lyric. Yes. Rather and than the words of geologists or. Of course. You know, um, Rakim, I usually quote him on some of his lyrics. And he had this line years ago, and this was in the 80s, where he said, I'm the creator of the alphabets. Now let's communicate when I translate the situation straight. No dictionaries necessary to use. Big words do nothing but confusing to lose. So there it is. Half short, twice strong. Beautiful. The only difference is if I use the word Nova, I'll be speaking about a star. Unlike the average rapper who will probably be talking about a car.
0: There you go. I love that. I thought that was so good. I watched that clip a few times. That, I assume, is a freestyle that Jizza does. Maybe, or maybe it's part of, you know, I don't know his uh, discography completely, so I don't know if that's uh, that's taken from a Wu-Tang, one of his verses, or possibly uh, one of his solo albums, but I thought that was a lot of fun. Neil deGrasse Tyson and uh, the Jizza, And that was posted, by the way, on TikTok by somebody who calls themselves uh, Ziggy Harper. Z-I-G-G-Y Harper. All uh, strung together. So check that out, if or check that that uh, that profile out if that sort of thing interests you. Uh, what I'm going to do now is hand things off to our friend Rachel from Des Moines, and she is going to give you the chart chat. So without further ado, take it away, Rachel.
2: Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week, and for bearing with me since it turned out quieter than usual. So far, I've heard from three people who have the Doctor in the TARDIS physical single, and I believe all Americans, which is kind of three more than I thought I'd hear, hear from. Thanks also to listener Tavy for mentioning that the tune is an example of filk, a genre of music broadly defined as fan-made songs tied to sci-fi fantasy and horror fandom. And she did confirm with me that Neil Diamond's Heartlight can also be considered filk, as it was, as we know, inspired by the E.T. movie. Once again, due to the Holidays, Sirius had alternate programming for the charts. Uh, On 80s on 8, they did the top party songs of the 80s countdown. And then 70s on 7 did play an actual Casey Kasem program. It was the top 80 of 1972, which I figured anything I would have wanted to tell you about, I've already mentioned or could be coming up in the next time we hit 1972. So instead, I started digging into the stuff from 1970, ...from before the Casey Kasem American Top 40 show debuted... ...or that we otherwise didn't cover uh, in 2022. So I will share a few of those with you now. And this research was mainly done with the website... ...singleschronology.wordpress.com. Debuting on January 10th is... ...Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time by the Delphonics. That would make it to number 10. And it was number 71 for the year-end 1970 chart... Um, you may know of the Delphonics, and this song in particular, from the movie Jackie Brown. And I, I was debating between this or Little Green Bag by the George Baker selection, because I don't really want to go overboard on Quentin Tarantino-related you know, movie songs. Uh, but the, the, you know, this one's really great. Um, this, the group is from Philadelphia, and this was their highest-charting single after La La Means I Love You. And the Delphonics really loved a parenthesis. Uh, They had a total of six top 40 hits on the uh, pop charts in the late 60s and early 70s. And I also really wanted to play this um, just in case anybody had only known the New Kids on the Block version. You You gotta hear the original. It's so beautiful. Debuting on January 31st is a group called The Jaggers with a Z and their song The Rapper. This will make it to number two and it was number 45 for the year. And the Jaggers were a Pittsburgh group, as you might guess. They're named for local slang relating to any type of small, pointy object, like a thorn or a cricker. The rapper started as a local hit for them, then it was released natu- nationally. And the, the album it was off has a great title, We Went to Different Schools Together. And probably the best-known member of the Jaggers was Donnie Iris, though he was going by Dominic still at this time. And the song is kind of like advice to women and girls about guys trying to... Rap to them, lay rap on them, wherever you want to call it. This was back when rapping kind of just meant talking, or in the context of this song is basically lying. Like, watch out, these guys are going to lie to you. This was kind of their only big chart success, but of course Donnie Iris went on to his solo career, and they're sim pretty well regarded and you know is as Pittsburgh musicians. Debuting also on January thirty first is the Court of the Crimson King Part One by King Crimson. That would make it to number 80. And I mainly included this due to my surprise to see it, that it, it you know had, he hit the Hot 100 at all. Uh, this was the first iteration of King Crimson with Greg Lake on vocals. who would later go on to be in Emerson, Lake & Palmer, the supergroup. Uh, the album was released in October of 1969, and that hit number 28 on the Billboard 200 albums chart. And the song was written by their keyboardist, Ian McDonald. They had some other chart appearances um back home in the uk but yeah this was their only appearance on the u.s hot 100 now that i think about it uh, it's i kind of surprised 21st century schizoid man was not released as a single that could have had a potential that that one is also off of the same album Debuting on March 28th is the song Vehicle by the group The Ides of March. This was peak at number two, and it was 85 on the year. The Ides of March were from Berwyn, Illinois, which is near Chicago. It was formed by high school friends, and the group was actually named by their bassist who had studied uh, Julius Caesar in a high school English class. So these guys were really, really young when they were you know, getting together and making records and then... Uh, they were in college when uh, Vehicle came out and was you know, be- becoming a nationwide hit. Jim Peterick was the lead vocalist on this song, and he went on to be in Survivor, although he did not s- sing lead in that group, and he was a songwriter for many acts. I would say Vehicle is pretty well known, but I just wanted to make sure and include it. It seems very of the time, and I like it a lot. I don't. The, I think the lyrics are not to be taken seriously. You can still enjoy it, even though the lyrics are kind of creepy, because it can be like a character or whatever. Though, if you really don't want to listen to it, because the lyrics, I don't blame you. Debuting on March four- on April fourth is Chicago with "Make Me Smile." This would make it to number nine, and it was number fifty-nine on the year. So we're staying in the Chicago area, obviously. This is off of their second album, which was called Chicago at the time, but it's- now it's known as Chicago 2. And the song was composed by trombonist James Pankow as a part of the seven-song suite Ballet for a Girl in Buchanan. And lead vocals on this one was by Terry Kath. And Wikipedia says this was their breakthrough hit, and this is what led to some of their earlier singles being re-released and having more chart success at that time. I'm honestly curious if there was any type of rivalry between the Ides of March and Chicago, or if it was just rock bands with horns were just such a thing at the time that there was not even a question that they'd be pitted against each other. I don't know. Debuting on June 6th is the group Alive and Kickin' with their song Tighter Tighter. This made it to number 7, and it was number 47 on the year. Alive and Kickin' was a group from Brooklyn, and the song was written by Tommy James, And he originally had written Crystal Blue Persuasion for them to sing, but then ended up liking it so much he kept it for himself, so then he kind of wrote this one for them instead. And they had one other Hot 100 appearance, but their self-titled debut was their only album. Just kind of a fun one. Uh, I don't know if people know this one, but wanted to include it. Debuting on July 11th is... The group The Brooklyn Bridge with their cover of Neil Young's Down by the River. That would make it to number only number 91. Um, their pop group, Wikipedia says they are do up r R&B, and rock as well. Their biggest hit was a rendition of Jimmy Webb's The Worst That Could Happen. That's how it starts out with, I heard you're getting married. Which I didn't think I knew this one when I played I was like, oh yeah, I know that one. Um, but it seems like they did a lot of covers, uh, this one I think is really great, This their version of Down by the River, um, especially, you know, with Neil's songs not being on Spotify, at least we can hear their rendition, and I think it's a little bit faster, and it's funkier. These guys, uh, interesting to read up on. Um, of notes on august 15th of 1970 uh the song rubber ducky was released as a single credited to ernie and then jim henson in parentheses and that would make it to number 16 and he had one other jim had one other charting single which was rainbow connection from the 1979 muppet movie soundtrack and that one again was credited as kermit and then jim henson in parentheses and that one made it to number 25 Entering the charts on August 29th was Funk 49 by The James Gang. This would make it to number 59, which really shocked me because I think of this as like a big song, but maybe it was just bigger on the the rock side of things or didn't take off until later. But I feel like the song is definitely known. Um, It was featured in the movie Can't Hardly Wait and probably in other movies I didn't take time to look. Uh, This was of course Joe Walsh on guitar and lead vocal. This was the group he was in before Eagles and before going solo. Um, There was a funk number 48 on their first album. So this is number 49 on the second album. I think I like number 49 better, but you can listen and decide for yourself. The James Yang had kind of done little one-off reunions over the years, and recently they reunited with Joe Walsh to play at the Taylor Hawkins concert and also at a Vet Aid concert in Columbus, Ohio, which is a charity that Joe Walsh has that supports um, American veterans. And the group was from Cleveland originally, so it's a big splash when they're playing in Columbus. So those are just a few songs from 1970 chart that we didn't get to cover, and I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I'll be back with regular 70s and 80s charts next week, but uh, that's all the time for me. Thank you so much. Back to you, Andy.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Awesome stuff. Some great, great songs there from 1970. Uh, I wanted to mention this, and I'll just tease you with this, okay? There may be a new segment coming to People Are the Enemy in 2023. And that's all I'll say. That's it. You've got to keep listening to, to find out, okay? All right. This has been episode 262 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.